Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Bad Takes Dynasty podcast. I'm Skyler, joined by Jake and Chris, as always. You can follow us on Twitter at Bad Takes Sky, at Bad Takes Cake, or at Bad Takes Cigar. What's going on tonight, fellas? Cannot wait to talk about some Dynasty football this week. Yeah, happy to be here, man. I got some bad takes for us, so it's going to be a good week. I'm happy to be here, too. I'm excited to get into the free agency review. Um, yeah, you know, I like my guys. I don't like Jake's guys. Get into it. Yeah, absolutely. It's been a couple of weeks since we were able to drop a full podcast because we ran into some technical issues while we were recording last week. So excited to get to wrap up uh, free agency. Kind of feels like all the really big moves have happened. Kind of waiting to see if maybe one or two other guys kind of maybe shift into place here over the next couple of weeks. Um, but yeah, free agency. We've had some pro days. There's a lot to talk about. Let's get into it, man. For sure. For sure. So Christian, as always, with his quick question for this week. Who are we way too excited about? Uh, could be rookies, someone with a new landing spot, potential breakout. What are we thinking? So a player that I'm way too excited for um, in the next in this upcoming season happens to be a quarterback, happens to be a rookie, and happens to have ran a 4-3. Um, that player is Justin Fields. I'm excited for the dual threat ability to add instant dynasty value, instant, instant fantasy value to you know your super flex leagues. Um, as long as he lands in the right spot, you're allowed to. You're going to be allowed to play him. I, I'm I'm projecting with, with rushing yards. You know, I'm I'm projecting a better season, better span of games than Jalen Hurts. Honestly, um, I think he's a better prospect, um, and that's kind of where I land. That's the guy I'm excited for. How do you guys feel about him? I love it, man. I mean, Justin Fields is awesome. I think we were a little interested to see what he was going to run in the forty, and obviously, you know. I, I think the the pro day or the like combine that, that they have. An, all I saw was unofficial, right? The, yeah, I, and all, it actually all I saw was the unofficial four four one. It was the four four one. He said he was gonna get it the four three by his pro day, but oh okay, you got me. My bad take. So no, I like Justin Fields. I think he has the elite upside we're looking for uh, in a quarterback for Superflex League. So very very intrigued by him as a prospect for sure. Yeah, I love it. So someone I am, I actually have two guys here, but someone I'm like way too excited about. And it's only because I just acquired him for the first time. Uh, I've been trashing on this man for way too freaking long, but Derek Henry is about to go off. And I know it because or actually he's probably about to bust now because I, I've been saying that he has been too slow and too fat for probably five years. And I just finally got him. So he's, that means he's probably just going to suck this year. But I'm excited. I'm way happy about it. Let's go. Another guy, though, I think, I mean, I, I'm very excited to see where Jamar Chase goes. I, I, he's the clear wide receiver one for me out of the rookie draft. And so, you know, I think he's just <clears throat> what he did in LSU two years ago was incredible. Obviously, he didn't play last year. Uh, but. I'm just, I'm, I'm way too excited about him as well. Yeah, I definitely feel you. I, I, I mean, Henry, ooh, Henry, Henry might be, uh, you know, <laughs> turning the corner on, on, on his prime. But um, I have been saying I'm that happy for since you. Like three years. I'm telling you, this he's I'm gonna happy. just, he's just gonna be the running back one again. I'm hoping for you, but I'm, I'm really excited for Jamar Chase. Um, 
I'm a, I'm I'm a lot of a lot of mock drafts have him as a as the first guy coming off the board um, in the superflex league. It might not be the case, but uh, he has that potential. And, and we, you know, we're just kind of waiting on landing spot and hoping hoping he's staying healthy. I think I think I don't know if there's any injury concern with him, but I'm excited. Yeah, totally. I think that it's a little crazy to be irrationally excited about Derrick Henry. Uh, the Titans haven't had the best offseason, <laughs> uh, having just cut their first round pick from last season and also not re-sign Jonu Smith or Corey Davis. Um, but I, I think Derrick Henry is still a safe bet to be a running back one next year. And yeah, Jamar Chase is Jamar Chase is e- someone to be easily excited about. Had an incredible uh, year at LSU a couple years back and excited to see where he gets drafted and what he's going to do in the NFL. Um, the player I'm rationally excited about, this was a hard one for me. I, I didn't have anybody that stuck out. And actually, when I first read the question, I was like, I wrote nobody uh, in response because there hasn't really been anybody who was like, oh, that's like such a guy I'm so pumped for. Uh, However, the Chiefs cut Damian Williams. And that's just, it's notable because Clyde Ward's Hilaire's value was low. uh, And I think I'm just intrigued by what that means. I think think we were all expecting Williams to be back after he opted out for COVID reasons. Uh, and we thought, especially after how Edwards Hilaire had performed last year, I think uh, we were maybe expecting Williams who had done so well two seasons ago to maybe come back and split carries. And so while they re-signed Daryl Williams, I am, I'm excited. Uh, you know, if Daryl Williams is all they end up doing and it's him and Hilaire, I think, I think we are back very, very excited about his potential to be a top 15 running back this year. Oh, I like Hilaire. I'm I'm excited for a a breakout season for him. I think uh, he has the the talent and the the dual threat uh, being a pass catcher and a running uh, back. You know, we just didn't get to see whether it's just rookie woes with with not knowing the offense completely or what. Um, we didn't get to see him take over the backfield. You know, signing Le'Veon Bell and stuff like that. Uh, was it Bell or was it McCoy or was it both? Uh, they signed Bell. They tr- they signed Bell halfway through the season. Shady was so, in. Yeah, I'm ex- I'm excited for him. I think he definitely has a, some breakout potential. Um, nice pick. Bell is just yeah, real for quick, sure. Lev is gone, right? He just signed for the rest yes. of the year. Okay, I wouldn't be. Yeah, I, I, I think he anyways. was. I think he was on. I think he was on a one year deal when he signed with the Chiefs. Love that. I mean, I was super excited about CEH last year, <clears throat> but uh, you know, and then like he came out of the gate and it was like, oh hell yeah, let's go. And then he kind of stepped back a little bit and it was kind of weird. And you know, then they signed Lev and it was like still weird. And then we weren't sure what was going to happen with Williams, uh, but yeah, I mean, cut him. So let's see what happens. I mean, we did see the the whole revamp of of I think the offensive line, um, and that's kind of that could be playing into some of the woes of this run game of his of his breakout, you know. And so I, I'm I'm projecting it, it to to look a little better with some of the guys they got this off season. So yeah, signing signing the uh, Patriots was that the Patriots left guard uh, was a pretty big deal. Uh, Tooney. Tooney, the left guard Tooney. Yeah. 
Well, anyway, let's transition into talking about some free agents. So free agency has pretty much wrapped up. Uh, You know, I think, you know, as we've all kind of talked about it, I think we would all classify this free agency period as just kind of middle of the road. Uh, But there were, I mean, I feel like there were a bunch of signings that were notable and worth talking about. Uh, So we're just going to kind of just go through guys, talk about them a little bit. Uh, We will maybe have hit on some of these guys in our Tiny Takes podcast we dropped a couple weeks ago. Um, But we'll also be dropping some fresh content on a bunch of these guys too because Jake wasn't with us then. So Jake, why don't you start us off and give us uh, a winner for you this offseason from free agency? First, I have like a ton of people listed for both winners and losers. And I have some – I have a couple that I'm thinking like, you know, the situation gets better for another player, uh, maybe a team. Um, but let's start with, I actually think the Kenny Galladay signing in New York is actually going to be a big upgrade for Daniel Jones. So I have him as, as a winner. Um, I, I also have him on my team, so obviously he's a winner. <laughs> but I, I, I really think that, you know, Daniel Jones is, is – Maybe borderline trash. We'll see. We'll see with this year. But, you know, he actually has like a physical receiver now that he can throw the ball to and doesn't have to be super accurate with. So I think this. Yeah, I saw, uh, some, I saw oh, some stats on that. Golden you know, both, Tate is a good is a good NFL receiver, ooh. by the way. I mean, oh, like he may not he may not be in peak form anymore, but like don't put slander on Tate's name. He he is a capable NFL that receiver. Capable, yeah, I agree. Uh, maybe I just, maybe yeah, it was Daniel that. Jones' bottom three, uh, middle middle of the uh, route tree completion percentage oh. that was the problem. I did see um, a stat with with putting them as a perfect pairing, uh, like where Daniel Jones loved to throw the ball past twenty yards, and and that's kind of where Galladay, you know, lives in his targets. Um, I'm excited to see it. I'm not ready to classify him as a winner yet. As long I gotta wait till after the draft, honestly. I'm I'm not too certain that they're gonna not they're just not gonna take somebody else either. So I just think I mean like Sky comparing Kenny Galladay to Golden Tate, he has like seven inches on him. I'm just uh, saying, yeah, like I, he's not I'm not saying he's like that much better, but like you know, he's a bigger guy. Like Joe's just gonna throw the ball up there and then someone's gonna come down with it. Hopefully it's Kenny Galladay. That's all I'm saying. No, yeah, I, I I think that this, but again, I think like I kind of agree with Chris, where it's just like I would just find it hard to describe it as a winner. Like, I mean, so he's, he, I mean, he got he he got what we expect every other quarterback in the NFL to have, which is a wide receiver he can throw passes to and expect them to be caught. <laughs> then wouldn't that wouldn't that increase I mean, <laughs> wouldn't that increase anyone's value? I I mean I mean if, if he can stop fumbling. And doesn't get injured, and can complete more than fifty-eight percent of his passes. Sure, I, like, I, like, like I'm not. I I just don't have to think that Daniel Jones is Josh Allen. I don't have to think he's well, not Josh cool. Allen, right? I mean, um, but Daniel Jones hasn't shown me anything in these first two years that makes me say, uh, "Wow." Like this guy's worth like, I mean, if I'm the giants, I don't even know if I'm not considering one of these quarterbacks in the draft to replace him. I mean, if you look at his best games as a rookie, they were against some of the worst defenses from that season. Like he had 
a few great games against some of the worst defenses in the league that year. And I think that gave us all like intrigue going into his sophomore year. Can he grow? Can he show more consistency while he also has shown us that elite fantasy upside? And I think the answer to that question this past season is he is going to be an incredibly frustrating quarterback uh, to own. And from a consistency basis, I don't know that he's going to be able to give you what you want from Kenny Galladay. I mean, Kenny Galladay before this had probably like top eight, top 10 upside if he landed in the right situation. I don't think he would have would have jumped all the way up there just based on landing spot. Right. But if he pairs with Lamar Jackson, it's a lot easier to tell yourself a story about how Lamar Jackson is uncorking deep balls to Kenny Galladay while defenses are struggling to contain the run from Lamar and like that, that rushing game. Like I could see Galladay finishing the season as like a wide receiver, 11 wide receiver, 10, but Daniel Jones is his guy. It's like, I think we'll be really, really happy if he finishes his top 25. I will say this as defensive Daniel Jones with a healthy Saquon coming back, hopefully, and a, a decent, I'd say, I would say receiver one. Uh, not like he's like, like he is their receiver one. <laughs> he's their guy. Um, with having a talented guy like that, I, I got to imagine this offense is going to look a little better than the last year, you know, running Wayne Gallman out of the backfield. <laughs> so, <laughs> I, I, I mean, I'm, yeah, I'm not I mean, on the winner side. I'm not on the loser side. I'm on the wait and see side, but I, I do, I do think there's a lot of potential for, for upside. I'm just, telling you guys you don't right have now. me on this podcast. because You think I'm giving you good takes. You, you have me on here cause I'm making bad takes and that's what we're here for, baby. We're here for all the takes. That's Put it true. all over Twitter. I'll give, you one, I'll give you, I'll give you one of my bad takes right now. All right. I have called Cam Newton a winner. Of the 2021 <laughs> NFL free agency period. No, I, I'd agree with you. I know I agree with you <laughs> because winning with that core that he had was not very likely. So he actually benefits from having two tight ends, but none of the guys around him, I feel like, benefit from being being together. I mean, does that make sense? I think, like, as far as dynasty for fantasy value of all these guys put together in a bundle it doesn't increase their value but it increases his value and for winner I, I'm, I'm gonna say I, I had him as one of my winners um but i i i don't i mean i don't know how far that ceiling is though that's the only question for me yeah i mean i think for me yeah i was just gonna say for me to and then i'm gonna let jake jump in it for me it just kind of solidified the floor Right, it just means he's not going to uh, drop much past like QB eighteen for me. Jake, what were you going to say? I was just going to say, like, I mean, I agree with both of you. Uh, I think Cam's value is value. Like the Patriots' value goes up. I think they're winners. I put them on my list as well because they added so many people, and and they're they're going to be a good team next year. So, you know, Cam obviously have a, having a ton more weapons for him. That'll be great for his value, but. And the rest of the, the rest of everyone else on that team is probably shot. I actually, for like a quick two-hour moment, I would have put Johnny Smith as a huge winner, and then immediately got shot out of the heavens because Hunter Henry just uh, <laughs> made him a big loser. So, 
Yeah, one benefit yeah. we have to, you know, not putting out podcasts uh, like a lot like some of these other guys do um, is that like, you know, I was listening to one guy where it's like one day they're talking about what a great signing Hunter Henry is and the next day they're like, well, <laughs> or sorry, Janu, not Hunter, right? It was Janu, but and then it's like, oh, <laughs> uh, hey, Chris, what do you who do you got for us? What are you thinking? Winner, loser? I, I- I got a winner. I'm not sure if I'm allowed to say this, but I'm going to say it anyways. I think the Washington football team offense is a winner in free agency. Um, obviously with signing Curtis Samuel and going from a, a game manager, a time manager and Alex Smith to a guy who just slings it in, in Ryan Fitzpatrick. I mean, it's only a one year stopgap. Um, hopefully they find, I mean, maybe it's going to be a lot like what we saw in, in Miami with uh, Hineke or Zynicke. Taylor, uh, Taylor Heineke. Yeah, they re they re-signed Heineke, two year, um, like eight million dollar deal. If he's actually, you know, what they're looking for, it might be similar to to what we've seen in Miami. But I, I'm I'm projecting, you know, skyrockets for this team, uh, as far as offensively, you know, at least scoring. So I don't agree with the whole offense taking off take at all. But I, one of my winners was F one. I think F one is a clear winner here. When you follow Fitzpatrick's career, he loves to feed uh, his number one wide receiver. Um, you know, I think that it's hard to sell the whole offense as a winner because I feel like Curtis Samuel kind of just muddies the situation. Like if they, I mean, if Washington signs Samuel and plans on using him, like he was used last season, that's definitely a different not coach. Adding, yeah. But it's definitely not adding any, I mean, clarity to that backfield, right? Where we were hoping Antonio Gibson was going to seize the lead role. But now if, I mean, Samuel got a hundred touches last year, uh, carrying the ball. And so, yeah. I mean, if he did something like that, that, I mean, I, in my mind, that kind of hurts Gibson. I like Samuel. I don't, I, again, I don't know if I'd call him a winner or a loser. Like, I think he just, he picked a decent team and it could be good. Uh, but yeah, I like F1 for sure. No, I feel you. I, I was, I've been thinking about the Curtis Samuel signing a little bit and, and we go, you know, through two different aspects of it under Matt rule. He was used more in the backfield, more on jet sweeps. And I, I, I didn't think I remember seeing that with, you know, the work, the workhorse uh, CMC going, going down so i i can't remember what ron rivera did with them uh two years ago but uh, you know it, it's still exciting i i think i i'd be i'd be comfortable owning those three pieces uh but you know outside of that obviously the mud, the backfield is a little muddy with jd mckissick and potentially samuel eaton into that but I, I out of all of those running backs I would want Gibson, but I, I understand what you're saying, where you're going with it. I'm excited to see Fitz playing again, right? Like a lot of people thought that he was kind of done last year and I still thought he had a lot in the tank. And so I'm excited to see him. And I, you know, I think, I, I think I agree, actually. I think the entire Washington football team is going to be a lot better next year uh, with Ryan Fitzpatrick at the helm. And so, you know, obviously Terry McLaurin is going to be, Awesome to watch. Um, and then we'll see what happens with, with Antonio Gibson. Probably my luck. He'll get uh, taken out of rotation and just, you know, traded or whatever. Um, you own him? 
I have him in a in another league. So my gosh, dude. Yeah. So I uh, this free agency was rough for me this year, guys. Hey, uh, Chris, why don't you also give us one of your losers? Yeah, definitely. Um, one of my losers. I, I have this theme going on of selecting whole teams as my picks. Um, one of my losers in this free agency would happen to be the Ravens passing offense. And I'm saying that because they had a big hole to fill this free agency. And, you know, obviously by draft time, they might be able to fill that if they can get, you know, a Jamar Chase or somebody like that. But um, as a whole, I think they lost in free agency. They didn't get one big free agent, you know, to help Lamar in his passing game. He's still going to have to endure through um, – I can't think of his name right now. I lost the track. You know, just some of those guys. Marquise Miles Boykin Brown. does. Marquise Brown Miles and Miles Boykin. Mike, their, Mark their, Andrews dropping tons of passes. Yep. So that's kind of where I feel it, it's at. And you know, obviously they're, they're, they're still going to be able to run the ball, but we're not going to see that MVP caliber player unless they get some offensive pieces around mm-hmm. Lamar. Um that you know that allow him to throw the ball downfield and stuff so that's kind of where i feel i fall on that uh yeah so i mean as we're just talking about uh the baltimore offense uh disclaimer of sammy Watkins just visited there so i you know they they have not confirmed whether or not they're going to sign him i i personally think i would really like that fit uh i was disappointed when i heard they did not get juju who i also would have really liked there uh however it is still pretty early i you know i think I'm, I, I tried to avoid, you know, going too broad. Uh, although I did also have an offense that I called a loser that I'll go over right after this. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I just think Baltimore still has some draft capital and this is a really deep draft. So we could see them address the wide receiver position in the draft. And I think that might help us feel a little differently about their off season. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I am disappointed in where they've gone so far in free agency. And that would change if they signed Watkins. Have they even made any moves? Like any big moves? They cut. Uh, they Ingram. signed Zeitler. Yeah, they cut. They cut Ingram, but they signed the the good guard from the Giants. Okay, but no, like weapons, right? No. Yeah, no, they haven't signed uh, currently the they I guess I mean, the reports were that they obviously had offered Juju a contract for slightly more than he took in Pittsburgh that he turned down. And then most recently, the Sammy Watkins rumors that's uh, that they had just flown him in for a visit, which, again, I you know, that's the kind of guy I think they need in that offense. They don't need a big, sexy like Kenny Galladay would have been great. Right. Or like like. Allen Robinson, if he had gotten loose or Chris Godwin, but like a Juju or Sammy Watkins type is perfect for Lamar, just kind of in the middle of the field. Um, sure hands. Yeah, sure hands. Can, like, and they have Marquise Brown who, who can get, who can get deep. So he's got to catch it though. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I mean, I, so I mentioned, I, I had also picked a loser that was an offense and, and, I, a loser might be wrong here, but I, you know, I'm just really disappointed by the Dolphins offense. Uh, they had a lot of money and I expected to see them really, really, really take some swings to get things going around Tua. maybe that's just me being disappointed that they didn't resign Aaron Jones. It's maybe it's, you know, I'm kind of disappointed that 
uh, you know, you, Will you didn't Fuller like the... is who they went. Oh, I mean, I, I think I'm just disappointed. Will Fuller is who they went after. I like it's a low risk one year signing. Right. Uh, so I think it's good for both sides. But I, it, I mean, they were they were pretty close last year. And I just feel like give two of some guys. Um, and maybe Fuller's that guy, but you know, injuries and suspensions. And is that who we really want to rely on? No, that makes sense. Uh, <clears throat> I'm going to sneak this one in here. Cause I mean, I, I do agree with you on the dolphins offense and I just kind of picked on offenses as a loser. <laughs> um, but a big loser for me is the Raiders offense. You know, they sold their whole, they got rid of their whole offensive line. They signed another running back to compliment Jess Jacobs, I guess. And they paid him. I mean, they paid him seven, like, you know, six million a year. That's just these two kind of offenses, you know, minded people. Like, you know, obviously, I think Dolphins did a lot better than the Raiders. Uh, but I'm, I'm in I'm in the same boat on those two guys, those two offenses. Jake, you were you were shaking your fist pretty aggressively there. I can't wait to hear what you got to say on the Raiders. Oh, I, I mean, I got I'm not really I don't know. I, I think I was actually more excited that we were just talking about bad offenses. Um, and I'll get to mine later. It's not an act it's not actually an uh, NFL team, it's something a little bit different. Um but I I think I'm like sold out on Josh Gate Jacobs. I mean even even before they signed Kenyon Drake, I just this wasn't a sexy name to me, you know. And after all that crap that happened last year, you know, like he got into it with some fantasy players online, um, which obviously, you know, fantasy people that play fantasy and then like try and tweet at NFL players like have some kind of weird god complex that they. <laughs> well, just but, don't tweet at him, you know. Yeah, yeah, unless it's it. positive. So, I yeah, I agree. But at the same time, like I think he handled it really poorly, and so I could see him just being super stubborn and like, you know what? These guys need me to do well today. Like, screw that. Like, I'm just gonna sit out. Like, I, I don't know. I, obviously, you know, the baddest take. <laughs> Didn't he do that last year? Like he was like, nah, I'm not playing today. Like, yeah, he said that jokingly, but he played. I'm not sure he's, am, he's petty enough to not to not actually play football because he's gonna the, be I mean, well at he's fantasy he's football. football. He's gonna still play yeah. football. He's gonna still be relevant. You know, I just but I get your I get your message. I get your point. You know, it's like the Juju um, like thing with me. Like, you know, obviously a little bit different, but just in the sense that you know. To me, I don't really want Juju on my team unless I can buy him really cheap just because I don't think he – like he's just more concerned with other things than playing football. And Josh Jacobs is kind of similar in the sense that – and rightfully so, like he he views his career more than just some fantasy game for someone. So I get that. Uh, it also means I don't want him in fantasy. So, you know, them signing Kenyon Drake is just like – all right. So another reason why I don't want him on my team. Yeah. I mean, I'd legit be pissed if I were Jacobs, but I also think this is, I mean, the Raiders should get roasted because for the most part, they, I mean, it's just John Gruden. I, I mean, I think we all yeah. kind of knew he, he didn't have it 
before he got the job. And I mean, God, I wish somebody would offer me a 10 year, hundred million dollar contract. Um, but I, I think it's good insurance, man. I mean, the DUI, I, I, we haven't heard anything about Jacob's suspension, but he did get in that pretty bad accident DUI in Vegas in December. He got the case um, dismissed. Did he? Oh, is the case dismissed? Okay, good. Oh, it, good. Was, it was dismissed uh, as a DUI. And if anything, I think, I don't know, I might be confusing Melvin Gordon um, with it, but it was either. Um, yeah, his case was dismissed. Obviously, it was dismissed. Or it was dismissed, and then he only got charged for like reckless driving or something. Yeah, well, and we still don't know because I think they could still be charged under the personal conduct policy. Yeah, uh, for making the league look bad. So I, 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 uh, maybe he doesn't get suspended. Maybe he does. But I mean, I think the Raiders are telling us that they want insurance on Jacobs, and I mean, again, you know, like a hefty insurance fee. Yeah, yeah, I get it, And, and and again, poor decision making. Uh, but we also just sometimes miss in our projections when Josh Jacobs came out, he had, I mean, ideal size. Right. And we thought, well, he had never gotten the full workload at Bama, but that was just because they had Derrick Henry and, um, all these other really great running backs there at the same time. So he just was never the main guy. Um, however, he got to the NFL and he's just gotten hurt and hasn't gotten that many carries either. And so, like, maybe we just missed in our projection and Derek and and Josh Jacobs is a guy that, you know, he really should just get 200 or 220 touches a season. And that and and, and from a health perspective, and guess what? I I mean, he can he can still give you like low end RB1 numbers with that because he's a really decent, efficient runner. Um, Yeah, that's where I'm at. Yeah, I have to update my rankings. (laughs) Um, on on some of this news, I haven't gotten around to it, but you know, Josh, I mean, I I can't keep him in my. I already had him, I think, at like past sixteen somewhere. Yeah, I mean, and, you know, I I don't want to touch this backfield. Yeah, I I mean, without Drake there, he maybe you know I think last year finished as like the RB nine or ten, and I think without Drake there, I was thinking eh, RB twelve, RB thirteen, like. You know, like someone, you know, you're at least going to regularly expect, man, if RB20. I mean, I can't imagine Drake's not going to get work. It's ugly. It's ugly all around. And they sold their whole offensive line. It's, I don't, I mean, unless they got some young guys coming up that are real good, uh, it's going to be an ugly. I heard a take on the offensive line. Um, I actually was listening to a football guys podcast uh, this, this evening at work. And they they had a take on the offensive line and I, I didn't get a chance to check out uh, any of the specific uh, stats they pulled out, but per dollar, they were one of the worst offensive lines for efficiency. So they were paying a whole lot of money to not be super efficient. Um, and so while they did get rid, like I think Hudson is like the really big one who was like actually really good. Um, mm-hmm. But even, I mean, if Hudson's really good, like how many games, like how many games in the loss projection did Vegas move the Raiders down when they traded Hudson? I couldn't tell you that number. <laughs> right. But, but I, my guess is it's probably zero. And that tells you exactly everything you need to know about how, a, like, I mean, if they go from the 10th best center to the 21st best center, 
Like we're probably not even going to notice that like four more sacks for a quarterback, you know, like 20, like 110 less yard. You know what I mean? Like, like just really like numbers at the edges. Jake, you got, uh, you've given us, so you give us Daniel Jones as a winner and you gave us the Patriots. You talked about the Patriots offense as a winner. Uh, I know you've got one hill you want to die on. You're climbing <laughs> up it. People are throwing rocks at you on your way up it. I will die on this climbing. hill. Give it to us. Alan Robinson to the moon. Andy Dalton is better. Andy We're Dalton right. is better than <laughs> Mitch Trubisky ever could dream of being. Okay. Now, I mean, did you watch the Cowboys last year? I just, I just, when you, I just like have been way off in Trubisky for so long. I'm just excited to see something new and. Nick Foles is just a good backup. Like he can, he's obviously shown he can never be a good starter. So, you know, obviously Andy Dalton wasn't like incredible last year. And I don't even know if we could say he was good. I would say he was probably medium or okay. But I think Andy Dalton is a guy that at least hit someone on a deep ball. Because uh, even last year, like Mitch Trubisky with Darnell Mooney, like Darnell Mooney had like three, four yards of separation on every single person and he couldn't get hit at all. So I think at least Andy Dalton, and obviously we're talking about Allen Robinson here, but I think Andy Dalton is just an upgrade from the situation that was uh, my nightmare. And, you know, I will die on this hill that Allen Robinson is going to be the wide receiver for this year. Ooh, dude. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, I'm not sure if I can even get close to that hill. Yeah. Um, yeah. So when you said you were going to die on that hill, it's just because we're stoning you. <laughs> um, my my God, man. Wide receiver four? Receiver four. I, I mean, I, 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 I I, I just don't I, I to be honest I I think I, I I respect the bad take I just I I I would love to hear your statistical analysis to actually back it up like 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 I think I can't prepare for that. that's gonna happen like, like give me give me give me your quick projection oh it's uh, gonna sound so crazy year. but we're gonna die in the cell all right me me i just think let me before i before i give you some bullshit projection that's just like straight out of my asshole just think you know well you yeah. just said you think he's going to be the wide receiver four i mean what do you think that's going to be is that no, 100 no, no. for 1200 it's going to be 112 so the, yeah. the the yards are going to be close to that and he's going to have 11 touchdowns. 1, yeah, yards about 1,200 yards. Uh, yeah, you know, uh, looking at some of the numbers, I can confidently say Andy Dalton is a better passer than Mitch Trubisky. Where I can't confidently say is um, his mobility yeah, gonna... is as good as Trubisky. And so, it, I mean, it just depends on projection. Last year, this offensive line was ranked 22nd. Um, so it, is this going to be tough for me to to see Andy Dalton moving out of the pocket, you know, 
are taking so many hits again where he gets up and continues to play. Um, but I, I can see the passing projection being higher. So I'm going to accurate targets at least maybe. I'm going to double down on like what I said a little bit ago about how Darnell Mooney is like beating people down the field wide open. I actually think Darnell Mooney is going to be the deep start guy. And then I think Alan Robinson is going to be, you know, the, the like seven to 18 yards like michael thomas was two years ago i keep saying this man michael thomas is now transferred into alan robinson so now you're confident andy dalton the drew Brees? yeah dude that's they're the same they're the same quarterback all right i'm i'm here for it i'm here for it so i mean like so here's like so like the comp is so i mean you're basically saying that like the the comp is travis kelsey I mean, you just said Allen Robinson's going to have a Travis Kelsey season, right? Because that Travis Kelsey, like, so Travis Kelsey, for context, 105 catches, 1,400 yards, 11 touchdowns. So basically just 200 less yards for Robinson. So, you, I mean, that like, that's what I'm saying. Like, I, it's not that I don't think Robinson's good, right? I think Robinson is a top 15 receiver. Um, and I think you could say that he is a winner in free agency just because they didn't sign Trubisky back. Right. Like maybe Dalton is like average enough to like bump a Rob like five to that five to seven percent. We talked about like we talked a few weeks ago on the podcast um, about like this idea that like it's the targets matter, not really who's throwing them. Right. So what really matters is does Allen Robinson get one hundred and fifty five targets again this season? Um, because if he does and Andy Dalton is like a little bit better than Mitch Trubisky, then Allen Robinson can also be a little bit better. But like, I don't know that we have seen that Andy Dalton is for sure going to be a little bit better than Mitch Trubisky from a fantasy perspective. I want to look at want to look even at, for the players he plays with. I want to look at Adrian Green's stats when the young Andy Dalton was actually good. Yeah, I mean, I mean that's just such such mis misapplication. I mean, the context there is ludicrous. The Bengals were a completely different team making the playoffs every single year. Well, here's a, it, it, <clears throat> that's not this bear. Our that's league not this Bears team. last year, Allen Robinson finishes receiver eight. Um, that might be including week seventeen, but I'm not sure what his numbers were then. Um, I don't see that much of a bump to bumping up to receiver four. I, if you said receiver eight again. I could live on that hill with you, possibly. <laughs> but receiver four is... We ain't living on this hill. We dying on this hill. We ain't living on that hill, that's for sure. Well, I mean, let's bring us back down to earth a little bit. I would like to talk about, I think, the clear winner of free agency, and I'm surprised we took this long to get to him, Aaron Jones. No. Uh, I mean, Aaron Jones... <laughs> come on, man. I mean, this is, like, easily a clear slam dunk. He ends up in the literal best position for his dynasty owners. If you're an Aaron Jones owner, you are dunking the basketball. You are beyond excited that he's staying with this green Bay offense uh, and tying himself to Aaron Rodgers for a couple more years, at least. And <clears throat> I mean, I just don't see any way. I mean, it would have been great if Aaron Jones had ended up on a couple other offenses for sure, but clearly this cements him as a top eight, top 10 running back. 
And I mean, if he had signed somewhere else, I think he could have seen that slip a little bit. And with some of these young guys coming in, you know, before you start slipping, you know, that asset that you really valued and held highly can, you know, kind of deteriorate. I'm a little afraid of AJ Dillon, honestly. I'm not saying AJ Dillon's a winner by any means, but I'm thinking AJ Dillon's workload is going to get bumped this year. Just to even protect Aaron Jones, you know, like, you know, maybe Aaron Jones gets 250, 250 carries. What did he get this past year at? I'm not completely sure. <clears throat> but, you know, I'm. Jones, I think 270. I'm just protecting right more around carries there. and, you know, more field time for AJ Dillon. And that's the only reason that I'm, like, not all in on winner. Like, obviously, he's going to be, you know, a, inside the running back 12. He's going to be running back one. Um, but I, I'm still a little nervous about the the amount of opportunity that AJ Dillon's going to get. Like I'm not saying that Jones is a clear cut. Like he's not a loser by any means. And you know he, I just think they invested too much to not use both tools. You know what I mean? Both guys and uh, to to better their team. So that's just just where I stand on it. I could be wrong. So I don't think Aaron Jones. Value yeah, I, changes like at all, actually. Like, I think he was still kind of a low end running back one, at least for me. And I think he's still there. Uh, I think AJ Dillon actually takes a huge hit. And uh, yeah. obviously, obviously, that pains me, um, as well as the rest of my. Yeah, it pains you. You traded, <laughs> you traded Saquon Barkley for him. Oh. No, that was the whole trade. Was it? I mean, it might as well. <laughs> I mean, the other guy that I got, Chris Godwin, also getting wrecked over here, I think his value actually goes down staying in Tampa Bay. I, I mean, I think it, it depends on what happens with um, Antonio Brown, right? But Tom Brady, like, loves that man. I think, Godwin, I think Godwin's fine. I mean, again, like, I think this decreases. Like, I think this is an instance of you dream that he goes to be somewhere as more of a focal point. And now he's going to be on a team that is just going to be a little bit more focused on passing the ball. You know, like you just can't deny. I mean, once they get, I mean, the, the biggest thing about Tampa is once they get inside the 10 yard line, you just know where the ball's going. He's playing basketball with Mike Evans. <laughs> Mike, Mike Evans is young Gronkowski right now. Right. Like, I mean, literally it's like he gets, he gets inside the 10 yard line and they just use that big old six, five um, frame of his, and just get him the ball. Yeah. Um, and so I think Godwin, I think Godwin is, is fine. But like you said, I mean, probably can I have a, a second to touch on the actual winner of free agency. The actual winner of free agency is the Kansas City offense. <laughs> they didn't take a hit on Tyree kill by or, or Kelsey losing value by signing Juju. Um, they still have Clyde Edwards earlier. They cut. Um, Damian Williams, I think this offense is not going to take a hit, and that's why I think they're a winner. They signed new offensive line guys, uh, and that's you know my clear cut winner for <laughs> free agency. <laughs> I didn't I didn't enjoy this free agency as much as I thought I was going to, and so that's why my take is so out there. I think. Yeah, it was definitely boring for a free agency period. I I mean. Like I, I like that. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. Um, Patriots spent money like the Raiders. Uh, 
Raiders kind of went bargain hunting a little bit. I mean, obviously spent a ton of money on Kenyon Drake, but the John Brown deal sticks out as like a pretty decent deal for them. Uh, potentially. Um, yeah, I think that a couple other winners like the Cowboys offense with Dak resigning, I think is a winner. Uh, just, you know, knowing you can project some stability there. Uh, minus Zeke's contract, which is probably they're going to have to figure out something to do with here in the next year or two. Um, and under the radar one is the Chargers offense. They signed uh, the center Ryan Lindley of the pack. And he's one of the better centers in the league. And that's I think that's important for Herbert uh, to have that like stable inside presence. Um, and he obviously handed off to Rogers. So. Uh, maybe that'll be something there for them. And then that's obviously pretty good for Austin Eckler. So that's pretty positive all around there. They sign a tight end or are they like Kyle Pitts? Jared Cook. Yeah, Jared they signed Cook. Jared. They also signed Jared Cook. Yeah. And I mean, I, you know, a Jared Cook, I think, did start to deteriorate last year. I think he finally started to show some signs of age. Um, but maybe you pair him and Parham and uh, you get enough, you get enough going there that you've got some juice, you know, uh, where are they drafting? I don't think they're going to be drafting high enough to get pits, man. Where are they drafting? Right. 16, 17. I'm not paying attention to the draft order yet. We've definitely talked a lot of losers. I think, I think there's some teams are so interesting, right? So the Titans, right. Where I would call Henry noodle. AJ Brown, a clear winner, but Tannehill, a loser. Right? I wouldn't. I like Josh Reynolds' pickup that they got as a, as a two. I get. Uh, yeah, I mean, he, he's fine. Yeah, Corey Davis was fine yeah, I mean, too. I, I, kinda, I, I, he'll probably give you eighty percent of Corey Davis. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe better. I think Josh Reynolds is better than Corey Davis. I. It's not that hard to to think it's close. <laughs> I mean, it'll help. It'll help playing alongside AJ Brown. So you're telling me you'd rather he's going to be getting a ton of attention. You'd rather have Corey Davis in New York with Sam Darnold or Josh Reynolds with Hale throwing him the ball. Josh Reynolds. That's a bad take. Yeah, Corey Davis for sure. Corey Davis. Corey, dude, Josh Reynolds has been on a waiver wire for like three years. Oh, he's on. No, he's he's been on the Rams team last year. No, like on the waiver wire in Dynasty Leagues for like three years. I don't know. I like, I, I, like, like I, I think Reynolds, I think Reynolds, again, I think Reynolds is fine, but like that's not exciting me. Like they re-signed Ferkser too. That's not exciting me either. I mean, like they had, Ferkser signing, I guess, is maybe a volume thing, right? Where it's like, oh, I guess maybe he gets like 70 targets next year. So maybe Ferkser looked good Titan last year like though. such a desolate. Yeah, but I mean, tight end is such a desolate landscape that like 70 catches for 500 yards and six touchdowns is going to be good for like tight end eight or some ridiculous number. So like, yeah, I mean, overall, yeah, I think I in my mind, Tannehill's the loser just because um, I think losing Davis is, is a big deal. Just wanted to know about my losers and you guys picked NFL teams. And I picked my fantasy team, boys. Let me let me just let me just read off a couple names on here for you, okay? Yeah. Touched on some of them. Well, we so touched on some of them, right? Yeah. We touched on uh, John. We touched on Dylan. Smith. Uh, yeah, Brian Smith. Didn't even think about that. 
Uh, Chase yep. Playful with Juju sticking around. Yep, Josh Jacobs. Um, we got DeAndre Swift with Jamal Williams getting signed. I mean, this is a rough one. This is a rough one. So I think the team that took the biggest hit this year is, is my I, fantasy team. I think that the two guys you should talk about here are probably Saquon and DeAndre Swift. Or sorry, not okay. Saquon, Jonathan Taylor. So I'm thinking about Saquon. I put Jonathan Taylor on here with a question mark because I really don't think it hurts his value that much. But the fact that they re-signed Marlon Mack is like it's just weird to me. Like just towards Achilles, they have Naheen Hines as like the scat back or whatever you want as like a whatever deal. And then they made such a big deal about Jonathan Taylor being this guy. And so the, the re-signing of Marlon Mack was just weird to me. Like it makes me just think that they're just going to, that he's still going to get, you know, seven carries a game or something or, or, you know, and it's just like, I don't, why, why, why would you do that? So that was kind of my big thing. I'm not sure Marlon Mack could handle seven carries a game I, right now. I mean, I agree. Yeah, I I don't know that 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 I don't know I don't know if that's gonna happen. You know, but a little bit before we were when we were just in the lobby chatting, um, getting ready to record, talking a little bit about what we were doing tonight. Uh, Chris and I talked a little bit of Jonathan Taylor and, and I'll kind of surmise what we talked about with both him and DeAndre Swift, which is, you know, this really only is like a real big negative for those guys. If you are over projecting them to begin with, if you are projecting DeAndre Swift to get 300 plus touches next year and like dominate the Lions offense, uh, that that was the, that was the wrong decision. Right. Same with Jonathan Taylor. If you were projecting Jonathan Taylor to like have this crazy huge season next year where he's getting all the touches and all the catches and uh, becoming this monster for the Colts like that, was I, that was just it was just not it was not the right way to go um, in expecting their workloads. And thankfully, it's early in the offseason. So, you know, it's not the biggest deal. Like yeah, these guys are still that. very talented. Right. But like, I, I mean, I think I was saying. No, and I like I think I was saying to Chris earlier, like what the like the Marlon Mack signing did for me was I kind of see the second tier of backs as Cook, Kamara, Saquon, and Jonathan Taylor. And before the Marlon Mack signing, it was I would have just been happy with really any of those four guys. But after the Marlon Mack signing, um, in redraft, and this is more like in a like startup league, probably not, right? Because Taylor's Taylor's so much younger than Cook and Kamara. But, like, you know, as we just talk, like, overall, <clears throat> it makes me think next year for fantasy points, maybe because Cook, I know, is going to get 85% of his team's carries, and, you know, that's going to be 20% more than Taylor. Um, yeah, I don't know, man, because, I mean, even with the shared backfield, Jonathan Taylor managed, started starting 13 games, managed 232 carries this past year. So um, they're running the ball, man. I, and I don't, you know, maybe the, the, the area we're seeing them on is, is the scat back. You know, he's not being on the field getting those passes, but 232 carries is, yeah, is, so, is quite a bit. And that, but that's just, I mean, you're, I mean, so how many more carries? Is he, I mean, do you think he's going to get 280? Do you think he's going to get 
16 per game. Uh, let's see. I don't got the numbers right in front because of me. Because I would bet I'm looking at I'm looking at his overall stats right now. I don't know if I'm going to be able to get his game by game. Rushing attempts, the first game was nine. Second game, he did have quite a bit, 26, but he had a good game. You know, and then from there, it was 13, 17, 12, 12, 11, and up until the end of the season when he, you know, they actually started, um, he was actually starting most of the snaps in series, but I, I, I'm, I'm just projecting the same, same, honestly. Yeah, right. And it, here's the thing. I think without Marlon Mack, I would have probably been more comfortable being aggressive, mm-hmm. projecting more. But, you know, now it would like it. Like if I were like, ah, you know, I think Jonathan Taylor should get like 30 or 40 more carries and like 10 more catches. It's like, man, I could pretty easily see Marlon Mack being healthy enough to get to those numbers. And we know Naheem Hines is still around. So and then with I mean, so basically what and and I kind of lost this train as we were talking about this earlier, but I just see it as like this distinction between now I clearly want Kamara Cook, you know, for this season over Taylor. Like, it's just like, now I still want Taylor before the next group of yeah. guys for sure. Like the Derrick Henry's and the Austin Eckler's Chubb. and that group. And then this, it would be the same thing, you know, Swift, Swift. We talked about this a couple, like a couple weeks ago, Swift had pushed so high up. Right. And I think, I think the signing here is just a good reality check for pump the brakes a little bit. He's still a very valuable asset. I mean, I'm still projecting him to probably be a top 15, top 18 running back next year. Um, and that isn't, you know, his value in Dynasty, but that's just where I'm expecting him to finish. Um, so, yeah, I think those are both really good losers, Jake. I don't think so. <laughs> one of them is, but I own oh, the weird, Jonathan weird Taylor owner, so I got to preface guy. that. Yeah. Um. So let's talk some pro days. You know, we've spent a good hour talking uh, free agency and we need to talk some pro days, right? I mean, some big rookie news and it feels like we cannot miss it. If we miss it, we'll be late. Um, So, I mean, we'll kind of hit the big stuff a lot. So like the first thing is this year, man, can I'm like already done with all these like unofficial like yo i got my exactly. three boys with a drone to film my <laughs> I, ran a, I ran a four three in high school so like it's just it's just hearsay at this point yeah you know there's yeah, some rumors I, mean, like, I can throw some 40 times out for you i guess the big the big news this week was rondell moore four three i think it was like a four two nine but the unofficial um I think kyle pitts posted on his instagram page that he ran a four four six but you know, I it's not official pro day stuff yet, or um, just rumored. Um, some guys have him running a four six, and 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 that that split, they feel like they don't they don't care of the difference, you know, because it's it's pretty close. The athletic profile for a tight end at four six is is pretty good too. So, yeah, I mean, I think some of the numbers, like so, what I've been seeing just from like some of the guys I really uh, respect on Twitter. Uh, everybody seems to be kind of adding about a half a second. So like, like it seems like everybody is kind of just adding about a, sorry, not a half a second, a half of a 10th. Right. So I think Rondale, the unofficial was like uh four, two, nine. And so I think like everybody was kind of saying, Oh, four, three, four. Right. Which was a really good time. So um, great. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, 
I, I just have so many concerns with these pro day numbers and not, and not because I don't think that these players are going to be successful in the NFL, but just because I think that we are drafting them uh, ahead of where we maybe should be looking at some of the ADP, right? Uh, you know, Ronnie Moore is going around the seventh pick. Devonta Smith is going around the seventh pick um, in these rookie drafts. And I, I like these guys and, and I really hope they're successful and have great careers. Uh, but there's so many good, um, there's just so many good wide receivers in this class, like Bateman and Waddle and Chase that don't like they don't like have to be like outliers that are one in a thousand shots to succeed. Mm -hmm. Like we have a lot of successful profiles that look like Jamar Chase. We have a lot of successful profiles that look like Rashad Bateman, right? Like, and I mean, listen, there's a chance that Rondale Moore is just an absolute superstar. I mean, the kid has it right on the right team. They use him in the slot. They give him some carries like kind of like Curtis Samuel, small guy, lots of juice. Like he could be an absolute superstar, but I'm not buying those guys where they're going in ADP. I mean, you're telling, you're telling me, I mean, essentially like if you're, I'm going to be on the clock at 107. That's the first round pick I own this year. And you know, in all likelihood, Bateman and Moore are both going to be there. And I mean, at five, seven, like at five, seven, I don't know that there is even a wide receiver to comp height wise. Steve Smith, Steve Smith is the closest. And I guess he, I mean, I think he was five, eight and a half. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. Right. And, 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 and like Rondale Moore's got dog in him. He's got a little bit of dog in him like Smith, but again, there's been a, a lot of other guys who had who were small and had a lot of dog in them and didn't make it, you know? Yep. And Devonta Smith, uh, 170 pounds, supposedly, wouldn't even get on the scale. At hey, at least Rondale Moore uh, stood up and got measured. Like, yeah, res exactly. respect for just owning the fact that he was 5'7". Uh, but Devonta Smith should be getting roasted. I mean, ev I mean everybody, like... I like Devonta Smith, but come on, man. Everybody should be like not freaking out, but the fact that he just refused to get on a scale. So he, he weighs once. Uh, let's be honest, guys. If he says he's weighing 170, what's he actually weigh? Because if he, because if he weighed 175, he'd say 175. Yeah, man, that's, it's a little nerve wracking on weight, um, especially, you know, being not as strong, possibly. Um, and not even testing at your pro day is kind of, you know, it's a little rough for the fantasy community to get a grasp on what he might look like in the NFL. I'm sure the prospects, you know, the scouts and stuff might do a better job, but you, we might see him fall, you know. You know, they knocked DK yeah, I mean, because he couldn't run routes and stuff, but where where does he fall, you know, the third round? No, I don't. Yeah, I don't think he's going to fall that far. And 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 I for me, I don't think it's as much about team fit as much as it is about philosophy. And the philosophy mm -hmm. is I, I, I just I'm going to let somebody else chase the outlier and I'm just going to try and hit the double because the odds are that even if Rondale Moore is really good, I'm probably going to be able to buy him next year and I'm probably not going to have to pay a huge premium unless he's like incredible. Right. But mm -hmm. let's say Rondale Moore is a little bit like Jerry Judy, 
I'm probably going to be a, be able to buy him cheaper than the 107. And that won't so necessarily get him mean, at all. Is what you're telling me? I I I I, I just don't think I. And I'm. And, and here's the thing. Uh, at one point in my process, Rondale Moore was my wide receiver three. And I, and I think right now he's probably wide receiver four or five, right? Like this isn't a big deal. Like I was not expecting him to be six feet tall. I was, did not think he was going to be under five, nine. I thought he was going to be five, nine. And I thought he was actually going to be like five, nine, one ninety. And that's the other thing uh, that sticks out. He did, is, he did jump mean, through the roof though. He jumped here. No, no, no. It, again, he was like an insane track athlete uh, in high school. Yeah. Um, but he, he does not weigh very much either. I think he weighs more than, uh, he weighs, weighs more than our board of Bonson Smith though, <laughs> even though he's, uh, four inches shorter. No, sorry. Six inches shorter, so six inches them, shorter than Devonta Smith. Uh, Slim boy. Kyle Pitts, man. Yeah, Chris, I like, I like, I like Kyle Pitts, but I, I don't know, man. I, again, he's another guy like. Uh, he's another guy that's just crept up so high, man. Like what you have to pay to get him is, I mean, you're going to have to, you have to spend a, a good, a good pick. And uh, the, the lately, I mean, I, you know, if you, if you used recent history too much, uh, maybe that skews you a little much. And, and Pitts definitely has some unicorn status to him. But if you look at the last uh, few like first round ADP rookie tight ends. It's kind of brutal. Yeah. Somebody's got to be that hit though. Somebody's got to be that five, eight quarterback. Kyler Murray. <laughs> <Just kidding. laughs> you know, I mean, I, I think it's worth taking shots. I like, I'm a, I'm a, uh, a gambling man. Um, so I like taking some of these shots on some of these guys that don't fit the, the profile um, as much, but I, 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 like you said, I'm not going to invest you know, like the 104 and Rondell Moore, you know, but at a reason, at is at a reasonable price, I could see that. So, yeah, but here's the deal: if Rondell Moore is 510, I think that I have a lot easier time talking about him as the 104 because, I mean, his profile and production as a freshman at Purdue, like, tells me that he has the ability to be just an insane receiver. It's just and it's, yeah. it's just the fact that the fact that he's five seven versus five it like and it seems dumb. It, I know it seems so dumb, uh, but then you just look at success rate and realize that there there is a causal link there. That doesn't mean Rondale's going to be unsuccessful. And if Rondale Moore slips to you in the middle of the second round of your rookie draft, snap him up and be thankful for the potential upside you got in the middle of the second round. Um, what's up? Let me talk about Najee real quick because I'm mad that he's not doing, he's not participating. Uh, dude, he misses fly, bro. No, it's not why he's not participating. He just yeah. didn't plan on doing pro day. So, oh. Yeah, I mean, I think he's following in the typical Alabama. Hasn't that been typical of the top Alabama running backs to not test? Derrick Henry not test? I'm pretty sure Derrick Henry ran. No, Derrick Henry definitely tested, but like Derrick Henry, that's been forever ago, dude. Like I'm talking um Josh Jacobs didn't oh, test. Josh Jacobs did test at the pro day. I remember because he? he was hurt his hamstring. Oh yeah, and he ran like um, a four. I don't remember. Right. No, I'm again. I don't remember Damian Harris. 
when these guys don't test, it just tells me exactly what I like. I can confirm that he was probably going to run in the four sixes, which isn't a bad thing. I'm yeah. not ex- I'm not expect. I wasn't expecting him to run. Like, I mean, it would have been nice to see like high four fives, but Le'Veon Bell ran a four six. Yeah. Um, and yeah, Etienne had some good numbers too. And you know, I think we're gonna we're gonna get to talk about this even more. And um, it's been a blast talking about these guys with you. And I'm excited to continue talking about these guys with you. Um, yeah, it was uh, it was a heck of a week, guys. What'd you think? You know, I like I said, at, lots of fun. Like I said, I was uh, excited for free agency, and then free agency hit, and I loved getting the notifications, but they weren't a lot of sexy, you know, signings. They were just kind of back to either their team or a, a spot that you know wasn't as exciting. Um, even some, even some with our losers, you know, uh, it it kind of felt like it was there's more losers than winners this free agency. So I, I enjoyed it though. Free agency is always a blast. I love that my my Cardinals got AJ Green, even though he might not be dynasty relevant. Um, I you know I just enjoyed that part of it. So yeah, it was a ton of fun. I, I agree, Chris. I mean, this free agency seemed a little lackluster, especially like you know after the Jared Goff Stafford duel, I was like, oh man, it's gonna be hyped this year, and then it just was like just kind of tapered off and was sad, and you know there was nothing like incredibly huge that I felt was going to shake up the team. I believe too much of the hype for Russell Wilson trade. (laughs) And that let me down pretty, (laughs) pretty bad. So, yeah, it's always, it's always best to expect very little and you won't be disappointed. Right. Exactly. I'm just not like everything I do. I just like get so excited about it. So I was excited for, Watson to not the stuff and you know yeah definitely definitely I think I mean I think at some point you know I, I you know I don't want to just completely ignore that you know um but I think like we would all like to just have a little bit more relevant information to talk about and uh a way to bring it into a dynasty uh and fantasy angle uh with some actual like teeth instead of so much speculation um, hopefully, hopefully we uh, we get some clarity here in the next few weeks about that. Uh, and at that, uh, we're going to wrap up this week's podcast. Thank you all so much for listening. Uh, please give us a follow at Bad Takes Dynasty on Twitter. Check out our YouTube channel. Give us a like or subscribe. And listener questions to badtakesdynasty at gmail.com or via Twitter. Later, guys. Later. Peace.